Hi, this is Zoe Palmer, and you're listening to Because We're Dangerous, a Dark Matter podcast. You're listening to Because We're Dangerous, a Dark Matter podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Stephanie. And I'm Annie. We're talking about episode three of Dark Matter. And while we will talk about anything and everything from episode three, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. First, we'll give our quick reviews. Then we'll talk about notable elements and stuff that made us happy. And we'll conclude by discussing the questions we have after watching this week's episode. Let's get started with our quick reviews. This episode was definitely my favorite of the three that have aired so far. I really liked that we got to see how these different relationship dynamics are emerging amongst the crew. They've gotten over the shock of we are, you know, we've had our memories right, we're we're stuck on this ship, and now they're getting into, like, what does that mean exactly? What does the relationships between each other have to mean? So I liked this one quite a bit. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I think it's an episode with lots of twisty, turny writing. And as you said, Stephanie, it's further developing the personalities of the crew. And it throws in some new mysteries that I found really intriguing. And the plot of the week, uh, the ship-based plot, I really liked. I like this episode. I mean, much much like you, Stephanie, I like this episode more than the two-part premiere. Like, I can see why they start off with that stuff, because, you know, establishing the tone of the show, I guess. But the tone and situation of the show, but but I enjoyed this one more. I've always liked that sort of, you know, bottle episode slash we have to fix something while we're suspicious of each other episodes. Like, I, I like that kind of thing. Plus, humor. More humor, finally. I know. So much humor. I really like bottle episodes, too. If they're done well, bottle episodes can be can be really effective. Especially when they've got that whole thing going where it's like, there's something, there's some mystery on the ship and... You know, somebody's to blame for it, but who is it? Who who can we trust? Which, of course, is sort of amplified by the fact that they don't remember anything <laughs> about each other or themselves. So, extra mystery. It was the android in the cargo bay with the pipe. That was episode one. But yes. <laughs> what about the elements of them finding the little boy? Well, he wasn't that little. The teenager, the dead boy on the ship. I thought that was a really interesting way to start the episode, but I felt like the reveal, it didn't, there wasn't a whole lot of follow through on it. it. It got dropped, it felt like midway through the episode because they had all of these ship problems come up. But I thought that that was, it added an extra element of there's somebody dangerous on the ship. Right. And yeah. what's more, there was no file on that kid either. Like they had no record of that kid being there, much like they didn't have any record of five being on the ship. So it sort of adds this extra element of, you know, what else or who else is on the ship that we don't know about? You wonder if there's another who on the ship. I don't know. I don't, my guess is no, but I don't know. It seems like there wouldn't be. Yeah. But we still don't know what's behind the big door. This ship is huge. Like we mentioned last time, this ship is huge. Honestly, they could do an entire first season where it's like, we found something else on this huge freaking ship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I agree. I I doubt there's anybody else alive on the ship, but who knows what's behind the big door? Unless they're in stasis. Mm, Yep. Good point. Ah. Good point. Could be a bunch of tribbles behind the door. Who knows? (laughs) So, but yeah, I think the scale of the ship was really shown. I think the special effect shots were great of the ship this uh, episode. Like, the shot of it coming out of FDL is gorgeous. But when it shows the android walking on the ship, 
and you can see the scale of the size of a person to how big that ship is. I thought that shows really how huge the ship is. So yeah, it could go into season three. We're still finding stuff on the ship. Hey, look, we found Gilligan's Island on the ship. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no wonder they never found that guy. <laughs> oh, dear. But no, you're right, though. The The fact that this episode did sort of seem to drop that subject, that there was mm-hmm. a dead boy and then... Well, did they ever airlock him? I don't We didn't think see they that, did. so I'm wondering if we'll see follow-through in in the next episode or something like that. They talked about it, but we never saw it actually happen where they pitched his body into space. Yeah, so maybe they'll do it at the beginning of the next episode. That was an interesting discussion Five had with Six, sympathizing with the kid. I don't know if she was really implying, what if she killed him? You know, she doesn't know. So, Or was it one of her crewmates? Yeah, this this reveal of the fact that perhaps all of their memories somehow got stuffed into Five's subconscious is an interesting one. Because she has said that she's felt like she's remembering things, but knowing it's not her in those memories doing the things. I still wonder, though, if perhaps they are her memories, but I like the idea that maybe she somehow has collected a bunch of memories from everybody and they're now buried in her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of, that was the feeling I was leaning towards watching the first two episodes, that they weren't hers. I mean, she thought as much, but well, well they keep stressing in, even that, you know, the, the characters have essentially dissociated themselves from their former personas, their, their former being, just because they don't remember it. So, you know, if we are the sum of our memories and experiences, then are we really the people we were? So it could go either way, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, because there's a couple points in the episode where they just have to, two just has to cut everybody off and say, look, we'll never know. We have to move on. Although I think that's not going to be true for, you know, especially one, he has a hard time letting mm-hmm. go of things. And But, you know, the interrogation scene, you see how everybody reacts differently to question. That was a great scene that brought out personalities. But everybody is, not everybody is going to let go of all these issues of not having their memories and where they came from that quickly. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when they were being questioned that both one and six brought up their former names. But when two was asked about her name, she just says two. So again, reinforcing this disconnect that she is making between who she is now and who she used to be. Here was my big issue that I had with the episode. I didn't quite understand why they plopped the interrogation scene in where they did, because they just realized they had this problem with their ship. And then suddenly, everybody take a lie detector test. I found that the structure of that a little odd. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they were mostly doing it so they could get the joke of the Android saying there's something wrong and then everybody suspects three. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But the, really they could have even done the interrogation scene and then led into, Oh no, there's something wrong with the ship. Yeah. Yeah. But then has anybody tested the interrogator? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's the thing. They are relying on the, the Android being guilt free. If she could be reprogrammed, who knows? Someone could sneak a stub routine into her to make it think like she's just saying everybody's telling telling the truth. But she can be pro- reprogrammed as anybody else. There's also the question of nobody questioned her. And yeah, yeah nobody exactly. could turn the lie detector on the lie detector. So is it possible she was involved in what happened to them? In that case, I'm inclined to think no, because she... Well, but then this is an- information from the Android. She said that... The memory wipe was very crudely written, and th- therefore it might have been an error that everybody's memory was wiped. But I think you still do mm-hmm. have the question of, but what about the android? Nobody could question her. 
Mm-hmm. I think, though, if she was the one who did it, obviously, well, I should say obviously, but most likely somebody directed her to do so. I don't think she would have done that on her own since she's an android. Yeah. Hard to say. We don't know enough yet, I don't think. I also got a little confused about what all was going on with the ship. And may- maybe that's just for like the, the, the hardcore sci-fi fans, but I just kind of felt like you could, you could just say there's something wrong with the ship and it needs to be fixed. I would have been like, okay. But it felt like they took a really long time and Zoe Palmer had to spit out a lot of jargon to explain yeah. like, the stakes and what was wrong with the ship. And I got a little confused. I, I had to watch it again. Yeah. yeah. But there was an element that I did find interesting because in regards to the gamma radiation that was threatening them, she mentioned that it seemed like it was the after effect of a supernova. Was the supernova, was that supposed to have taken place where their ship stopped? No, they said something about it was like strong enough that it can affect things however far away. I think there was a line about that in there. Yeah. Okay. But then you see... You know, in the shot where they come out of FDL, there's a big ball of what I assume is the supernova. That's very prominent in the shot, so they're close to something. That's what I thought it was. Okay. Yeah, but like space close, so that's... <laughs> yeah. It's still pretty far away, I think. It looked pretty close to me. That did not look space close. That looked like close, close. <laughs> I like that idea of... We're, we're talking space close here, Anne. Space close. <laughs> <laughs> No, that looked like right on top of the close. (laughs) Okay, then that, uh, thank you. Because I, when I rewatched the first episode, it struck me the fact that the first shot that we get is not actually of the ship. It's of a light, which then gets brighter as the camera pans up to find the ship. And it looks like maybe an explosion of some kind happens. And so I was wondering, like, oh, could maybe that have been a supernova? Because I, I know that Joseph Malazzi has said that of elements that you might notice as the series goes, they might pay them off later. But do y'all think that this supernova happened closer to where the ship was now? Is that your impression? <laughs> I just thought I it was know. close. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, things get very confusing because, like, they're traveling faster than light, apparently, uh-huh. which, like, according to physics, shouldn't really be possible. But, <laughs> but my favorite element of this episode was where the the android goes out to save their lives just because that's who she is she's an obliging yeah. android type and she's also at the least amount of risk for exposure so yeah. it would make sense that she goes out right and she gets you know she gets stuck out there with after the electromagnetic static or whatever shorts her out and then we get to see this really interesting conflict emerge between the crew members right and it really mm-hmm. reveals which amongst the crew are very team-oriented versus who are self-serving? Uh, to me, the the answers to that are not surprising No, at all. of course not, no. <laughs> but it was, it was great to see a conflict emerge because of that. It's like, oh, right, this is a place that this should head, right? Because before, they're all united in their collective confusion. But now, it becomes a matter of, okay, do I really have to stick with you losers? I don't want to. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it was interesting how for he's kind of on the fence a little bit like you know he's still looking out for his own interests but he's not as Mm -hmm. blatant about it as three but he'll still go along with three at that point where there's a standoff because it's makes the most sense to him at that point because the ftl's fixed and let's just get out of here because four is coming at it from a pragmatic standpoint right whereas three is coming at it from an impulsive standpoint so yeah yeah i thought it was very revealing a couple of lines that four had where he tells three, 
he wouldn't sell the ship either way because he would take it for himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I also thought it was revealing when the android was asking him questions. And I think he, it's the question where she asks him, do you mean any harm to anybody on the ship or something to that effect? And he says, not yet. I know. <laughs> like, that made me laugh. I'm all, oh, my God. And I, again, four is a little unnerving how he says mm. to three, oh, I'd take it for myself. And I'm like, I totally believe you could with your skill set and everything. He also is very interesting because he says to three, well, the time hasn't revealed himself yet. So as we say, he's very pragmatic and he's not mm-hmm. just going to jump in and just, you know, three, I think, could take down a lot of people too and just go, yeah, I'm going to take the ship. But three's out to make money and look out for himself. What Four has a bigger approach. Yes. He's trying to see a bigger picture. Yes. I think they are potentially equally dangerous because it's hard to deal with something that's impulsive. But I feel like with four, he clearly has a lot of skill in ways that can harm people. And he is very thoughtful and methodical about how he does things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like a coiled snake. Yeah. It's like you got to watch out for him because you never know when he's going to when he's gonna get you. I also wonder if this exchange has changed Three's mind about the order of dangerous. <laughs> or his his yeah. uh, danger scale, mm-hmm. let's yeah. call it. Because Two is has her skills, but she looks out for the rest of the crew and looks out for everybody. You know, whereas four is more, you know, he could potentially just off everybody and run, but he'd want some answers first. What did y'all think of the element where five told six about having some memories come back to her and six confronted two about knowing and not telling the rest of the crew? I honestly, I didn't even think about the fact that her keeping that information from the rest was a big deal. I hadn't really thought about the implications of that. That surprised me to see this reaction from Six. Yeah, me too. I don't know. I guess I'd be a little upset. But then Six seems to get over it relatively quickly once Five tells them everything, I think, just because they, you know, are all trying to solve the mystery. He doesn't seem to hold a grudge against Two later in the episode. They still work together. I think Two also did a good ex- good job of explaining what her thinking was. Mm-hmm. Because really, if it's just some random thing that Five said that didn't mean anything, then, you know, what's the harm in not telling everybody? Yeah. You might as well check it out first before causing a thing of it. So again, Two is like the smartest person on the ship. I also think that Two didn't tell people because she was being protective of Five. Or also in denial herself, because she thought that the memory wipe was an accident before Five really convinced her or told her otherwise. I liked the follow through of Five's line last episode about why they were put into stasis because they're dangerous, where I I think it was two and and one having this exchange about, of course, we're dangerous. We're like, we're dangerous in every way possible. Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't exactly help. (laughs) But moving into other stuff that made us happy, I thought the android had several really good lines in this episode. She was quite endearing in several moments. Mm -hmm. Yes. You're welcome. The morning report. I also liked when, when I forget what Three says to her, but she's like, yes, I am a very good source of information. Thank you. <laughs> that wasn't a compliment. <laughs> Why does Three dislike her so much? <laughs> I know. And I'm like, stop calling her a robot. It's an android. And stop calling her an it. Yeah. It's clearly upsetting her. Yeah. She looks so sad every time he calls her it. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. But I like how five and six have that discussion about the android, that she's a little different. Yeah. It's not just. And and we see that in 
even the subtle humor that the android has in her expressions, that it's not just robot talks like this kind of thing. The line about the nanites. I released the nanites. It was very satisfying. Satisfying? <laughs> just <laughs> making me laugh my butt off. <laughs> and she looks really happy when she says that. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know if anybody else had this moment, but when they were showing her through the airlock door with the red fluorescent lights on either side of her, did that remind you of, of Hal? Or not, sorry, not Hal. 2001 A Space Odyssey? Yeah. And uh, what's his... What's now his, that you mention it. What's his name? The, not Hal. That's the computer, the, ro- the, uh, the astronaut guy. I forget. I just know Hal. Why are you doing this? Uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> Dave. Dave. Dave, Dave yes. Uh-huh. Dave. It's like nobody remembers that guy's name. I know. <laughs> I cannot do that, Dave. Yes. I, it kind of reminded me of that shot when he's trying to crawl, you know, to get to the Hal system to power him down. Anyhow. Nice catch. Thank, well, thank you. <laughs> I also just really liked the six and five interactions we got in this mm-hmm. episode. I, I loved it when six went to two to say, you know, we need to get five off of this ship. We are not good company. Why is she here? But then he yep. seems really protective of five when he says to two, you just want to keep her around to, you know, kind of exploit her to get our memories back. But I, at the same time, I don't know that that's true. I feel like two is very protective of five and not in a I want to exploit you type of way. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't think it's exploiting so much. I think, I mean, two being the pragmatist that she is, I think that's part of it, maybe wanting to find out what five knows. But I don't think that's all of it. I think that's. That was unfair of six, but I see where he's coming from, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just, just being Because they are being protective. Yeah, so. but I really like the friendship developing between five and six and the scenes they have together. Yeah, she was much more heavily featured in this episode, and I, and I like that. But I, I wonder if, if just crawling around in the Jeffrey's tubes is just going to become her thing. <laughs> oh, I think she can find a way to get through. Excuse me, three was closing up his room. I think five can find a way around it. <laughs> I think she's smart enough. Speaking of, I really liked how we got to see what five skills really are. I feel like in the first couple of episodes, she was just this kid who clearly she had some mechanical skills, but we get to see how smart and strategic she is when she's like, I didn't like the way three was looking at me. So I went and I stole his bullets. Yeah. (laughs) Because he outright accuses her and he says, well, if she said she did it, she did it. You know, that's three, just jumping to conclusions. Uh, and five, opening the door when three locked it. So right. working on the panels again. So, but that moment when she dropped his bullets, I was like, yes, I yes. really like you, five. You are awesome. <laughs> yep. I think we're all team pragmatists, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are. So it's like two, five, and six. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess four sometimes. Yeah. But he's scary. So. He is scary. Yeah. Like, I find him a, to be a really interesting character, but I'm afraid of him. <laughs> Me too. Right. Yeah. Because there's like a little bit of, it feels like it's unpredictable just because he is looking out primarily for himself. So, mm-hmm. And he's so sk- heavily skilled and dangerous and chops heads off. And It was neat seeing him practice the bow staff in this yeah. episode. I, I mm-hmm. read Alex Malari. I think he had a tweet from last night saying he only had an hour to practice before camera. So that was very wow. impressive. I, I would bet, though, that his training he did with his with swords probably helped mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, but it's cool when, again, we were talking about this earlier, when you can have the actors do all that on mm-hmm. camera. Yeah. Because you can tell. Yeah, yeah. We, we got him twirling his bow staff, and then we got two 
practicing her kicky fighty punchy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Raza comes with a great gym, it looks like. I As know. They like equipped. Each- this ship is huge. Yeah. Two has her own training room. It seems like Four has his own training room. It's a huge freaking ship. Everybody gets a training room. <laughs> Plus all the rooms for stashing any bodies that you may, you know. You might need to hide. Yeah. I know. Well, it's interesting now that we're talking about how huge the ship is. It's like you can't play to f- find a place to stash the body when you go into the space station. I don't know. They might end up doing that too. Uh, speaking of Four being maybe not purposefully funny, but... He was still funny to me in this moment when when three took him down to the the panel to try to open that big door to figure out what was behind it, and he's it's this tense moment where he has his hand poised over the keypad and is trying to see if he has the instinct to open the door. And three's like, "Can you open the door?" And he just says, "No," and walks away. Yeah, <laughs> expect me to be impressed by a really big door? What? It is great though because it looks like he's like communing with the, mm-hmm. the panel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And no. Is it, no. Yeah, but then that's a really interesting ending to the scene when it shows they both pull their guns and they're not necessarily on each other's side, no matter how much three seems to want to convince four. Yeah, that is not the way I would demonstrate the concept of instinct to somebody like three. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm liking, and I didn't mention this when we talked about the first episode, but I do like that this show is purposefully teasing out the well, if we have our memories wiped, why do you know how? Why do you remember how to do X, 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 and X? And and then in the first episode, they had one. He was talking to four, saying, "If I had my memory completely wiped, I wouldn't know what a door was. I or wouldn't language. know language." Yeah. Although it was funny because when that was happening, I'm pretty sure I saw somebody on Twitter comment, "That's not really how amnesia works." One. <laughs> 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 but yes, I, I did kind of enjoy that in the opening episode where. One was being all philosophical about it. Mm-hmm. The whole sequence of the android going out to fix the coupling or whatnot, mm-hmm. I thought was really amazing, special effects-wise. And um, trivia about that scene, when I uh, talked to Zoe Palmer at a recent con, because I had her sign a picture of her in the helmet, and she goes, oh yeah, this helmet, when they put everything on, I couldn't hear anything. She couldn't hear the cast. She couldn't hear the crew. They had no mic or anything. She goes, at least they had air conditioning in there. So they. she couldn't hear the actor's dialogue. So she's like, well, I just started talking and hope it worked. And so the, like they had to like wave at her to tell her when to signal action. But um, she goes, yeah, it was really heavy. She said that suit was about 100 pounds. It looked pretty bulky. Yeah. So she goes, next time they'll put in a, a headset. I, I thought of that when I was watching because I think two has a moment where she asks her, you know, can you read me? And I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> By the way, I wanted to say thank you to Zoe Palmer for recording the intro that we used to this episode. Annie mentioned that she went to a Comic-Con recently where she saw Zoe and Zoe was sweet enough to record that for us. So huge. Thank you, Zoe. I'm never taking that off my phone ever. It makes me happy. But really, the the tiny little android in that bulky suit is kind of adorable. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it does make her head look very small yeah. in a huge helmet. <laughs> well, Zoe commented on that on Twitter. Yeah, I, know. I saw it's like, <laughs> look at my little head, little and that head. big old helmet, <laughs> or whatever it was she said. <sighs> but I also, you know, in, in the sequence where the I guess it was one in six went to go get her, and they disengaged the magnetic boots and just kind of. <laughs> Picked her, her up. Picked her up. Picked her up. I was like, oh, that's kind of weirdly cute. Yeah. 
I also liked when she powered back up and just how precisely she sat up. I'm curious if they had to use some sort of board or something to help to propel her up with like with that amount of straightness. Do you, see, do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do, because yeah. they, they did the same thing in the first episode, and I, I had that thought then, too. Like, that is a really upright movement. Yeah, it's hard to do on your own, um, mm-hmm. unless Zoe Palmer has great abs, which I would believe. But You've seen uh, her abs. <laughs> I have? Oh, yeah. <laughs> not she in does. person, Annie. Not in person. No. No, I have not. But yeah, to sit up like that when you've got that bulky suit on, yeah, I'm sure some crew member is pushing her up. But that was really neat, and I tweeted Joseph Malazzi about it, going, uh, "Are those contacts when the that Zoe Palmer's wearing when the android goes dark and her eyes go dark, or is it special effects?" And I think it became more clear to me it's special effects when you saw her come online as she sat up. Mm -hmm. So that was a neat shot. Yeah, definitely special effects to go from activated to not activated but yeah. i i don't know if she wears maybe contacts when she's just supposed to be dead offline mm-hmm. or if they always use special effects to darken her eyes i'd imagine it's all cg but i don't know but um the whole sequence where six gets zapped and he's not breathing and five is concerned going why isn't the android coming back online because she's so desperate about six and then one, in my opinion, seemed to give up a little quickly. I'm like, I know. I'm like, t- two <laughs> pumps of the chest. I'm like, one, you got to do CPR for a long, okay. long time. I, I know, know it's okay. for dramatic effect, but. And, and I know you've had your memory wiped, but come on, you don't remember. It's two breaths. If you're doing CPR by yourself, it's two breaths of air to 15 pushes on the chest. Two mm-hmm. breaths of air, 15. It's not that hard. Yeah. And I, w- and I also had the thought of, you should probably take off that big bulky thing he's got across his chest. You're Me not going to be able to get <laughs> But maybe it was it's, good it, he had it's it It's a on. good thing the android woke up because he was, one was just useless. <laughs> I know, one was just not capable in that scene. And then he just slumps against the wall and is all sad. And I'm like, one, keep going. Hello. One, come on, one. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <sighs> but I, like, maybe it was good that Six was wearing all that gear still because the android zapping him looked rather painful when he woke up. But that was a, yay, Zobot saves the day. So, And then she says, well, you risked your lives for me, you know. And they're like, yeah, of course we did. You do the same. And she goes, I did. <laughs> so, but again. I kind of wish that she had said thank you back. Mm-hmm. Because he had that moment where he said thank you to her, and she yeah. says, you're welcome. I wish that she had said thank you back, but maybe that's maybe but that's coming. She kind of implied it because she said, you risked your lives for me, and seemed as surprised as an android can seem. It's still nice to say thank you, Zobot, though. Okay. She'll get, I think she'll fi- figure out manners. Zobot eventually. needs a manners subroutine. Okay. Yes, she thank does. Thank you, subroutine mm-hmm. program. <laughs> but again, what you pointed out earlier about the whole story twist of the android getting caught out there really showed the division of the crew. Was mm-hmm. really interesting. Yeah, I that was when I really like sat up in my seat and was like, "Ooh, this is getting good." Yeah, <laughs> I also appreciated how sort of adamant two was about saving the mm-hmm. android, and yeah. three points out how emotional she is. And this was a question I asked Joseph Malazzi, and he retweeted it. But I'm like, "Give us an answer." <laughs> you know, does the crew just see are they you know are they forming you know they see her as a valuable piece of hardware obviously she knows the ship and the components meaning the android right yes the android 
but are they forming an emotional attachment with her? It seems like five might be, maybe even two. Um, or they, do they just see her as, you know, a bucket of bolts, like three? Or is it both? It seems to me that two and five see her as more than just a bucket of bolts. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like the other crew members have interacted with her all that much. Yeah. Right. And then three outright tells her to shut up, and she goes, good night. <laughs> So she knows when to turn off, I suppose. And I liked that they revisited the potential power struggle between two and three, because he did bring up in the first episode, hey, who's going to be leader in the ship? And two just naturally rose to the top as the leader. But obviously, three is not the type of guy who would just follow along take it lying down yeah yeah toe the line so i like that they revisited this potential power struggle but i like that the way that the storyline concluded where one was asking two about the fact that what are we going to do about our mutineers and she's like they didn't mean to harm us they were just doing what they thought was best in the situation which is very pragmatic of two i don't know if i'd say that myself personally exactly i i appreciate that about her though this is a weird situation that they're in and so i i like how practical she's being mm-hmm. once again proving that she really should be the one in charge exactly because mm-hmm. she's the most level-headed yeah. because three would probably like throw them in the brig or something which exactly. would just be shooting himself in the foot really <laughs> and we're sure that the rosa has a brig because it's so big <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's like as big as the battlestar galactica although let's be honest if it's three he might just like throw him out the airlock exactly but, yeah yeah, yeah. He's the he's the president president Rosalind of the crew. Airlock. <laughs> hey, she wasn't always that ruthless. Oh, I love that about her. I do not mean that as a criticism. Oh, I love okay. the way she wields the power of the airlock. <laughs> the power of the airlock. I like it. <laughs> I'm suddenly glad that we are not on a spaceship together. I know. <laughs> Knowing us, I'd accidentally airlock myself. No, I was going to say, Stephanie would have airlocked us several times by this point. Oh, I know. She's so mean. Jeez. She cackles and responds. <laughs> thereby proving my point. I'm suddenly scared and really glad I am in a different state. Yet again, this is not the first time I've said this to you guys. Shall we move on to questions now? I don't know. I have yeah. this disconcerting image of Stephanie, like, cackling with her thumb hovering over the airlock button. <laughs> with us, like, beyond the airlock going, help. Okay, I'd have to get you to the airlock somehow, and I don't think that I could. <laughs> it's you're not like it's not like I can just throw like a, a treat in there and be like <laughs> eject. <laughs> I don't know though. Maybe I could here Zoe. <laughs> Annie, Annie, pictures of Zoe. Pictures of Zoe. <laughs> Zoe is waiting for you in the airlock, there. Annie. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. I don't know how I get Chris, though. (laughs) Helena needs you. Would that work? (laughs) God. Moving on to questions. (laughs) Obviously, the big question of this episode is what in the heck is up with the gothy, new wavy mascara guy at the end? (laughs) He had that much mascara? I didn't notice. Eyeliner. He, he did was, have a bit of a smoky eye going yeah, on. Yeah, he had some smoky eye going on. Okay. It seems like that's the real Jace Corso, right? 
I would assume. I don't know. Because he looks so evil. <laughs> no, I think he's the evil clone. So that's my question. Do we think he's a twin? If if, if that's the real Jace Corso, and maybe it's not, who is on the ship? Well, my question is, does everybody else on the ship have clones then? or just Evil twins? Yes. I'm going to say no. <laughs> I don't know, but maybe. But to me, this this makes the most sense, right? Because one is the one we can't figure out why the hell he's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fit in. He knows how to shoot a gun, but he never really seems to want to unless he absolutely has to to defend somebody else. Like, that compared to the file that they have on him saying that he's a murderer, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah it doesn't add up. They're, they're like, the others, apart. you could even explain away, you know, maybe they murdered somebody for whatever reason. <laughs> like, you could see how there might be a reason that would explain a criminal record. But one, it just kind of doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So... I would believe that one has a double or a clone or a twin, most likely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would explain that. Yeah. I don't want to use the C word because I'll start getting confused and think we're talking about Orphan Black. So I'm going to go with twin for now. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. clone wouldn't necessarily be my go-to, but since Annie brought it up. <laughs> yeah, but twin is different than clone. And I had visions of an Orphan Black Dark Matter spinoff when I s- saw the other Jace Corso, so... Um, just because of the C word. So I actually, I didn't know specifically that was coming, but it didn't show up at the end of episode two. And that reveal, that is the end of the comic. So I knew that that, that I was like, hey, where'd that part go? And then it showed up this week. Which Annie told me about last week. So I was like, ah, it's ah. that scene Annie was talking about. Yeah. So here we have one who's just so suspicious of three being the person who most likely wiped their memories for nefarious purposes. And it's really potentially a version of himself who did it, probably. Maybe not. Maybe mm-hmm. not. I'm I'm jumping to conclusions here. I admit that. But this seems likely, right? Yeah. Or maybe there was – maybe – maybe – maybe Jace Corso had, like, a, a helper in one of the people who's still on board. Maybe? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. There are too many options mm-hmm. for me to yeah. speculate at this yeah. juncture. So seeing how this whole thing will play out and if the twins slash clones will ever meet will be interesting. I also considered for a moment that one might be an android, but then I nixed that idea because I feel like the android would know. Yeah. Because she can mm-hmm. sense their pheromones. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and she can sense, you know, basically if they're human and see all of their elevated temperature, heart rate. Right, yeah. exactly. Unless he's some sort of enhanced model, like, cyborg. Wow. <laughs> so now are we going into, like, Terminator-type range stuff? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Wow. I'm, I'm joking. Okay. I should add. Oh, dang. Though it's not mean. beyond the realm of possibility. That's true. Because it's sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I'm also still wondering, since there wasn't a follow-through on the dead boy storyline on this episode. Who is that dead boy, exactly? How did he get on the ship? And who ended him? Who ended his life? I'm hoping that's not gonna be dropped. I mean, I don't think it'll be dropped, but... Yeah. yeah. Because it was dropped for the second half of this episode, you know. I hope they pick it up at the beginning of next. It's interesting because the boy seems to have been just very well hidden, and maybe he discovered 
you know, whoever did the memory wipe when it was being done or interrupted something or saw something he shouldn't have seen. Mm-hmm. And then there's the gun that five, five finds at the end of the episode. Some Along data card. Along with some sort of data card, yeah. Yeah. Or a key and, card or... Mm-hmm. Does that open the giant door? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So many, many pieces of lots of mysteries coming out. And again, with this episode, I find myself asking, why exactly is Five on this ship? I'm just very curious about her because and how she, has she got all their memories. That's, I don't know. What? Because she <laughs> but that's has from all a story memories. standpoint. We're talking oh. about from a like in the story. Yeah. Mm. Why? I don't mean like why is Five on the show, but like what what got her on the ship? Because she they're a bunch a of mercenaries. Yeah, she doesn't have a file. What's a teenage girl doing there? I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, I think we speculated on that earlier a little bit. Was she their prisoner? Was she wrong place, wrong time? Or I don't. The more that I see, though, I don't believe that because yeah. two and six seem to very naturally be drawn to protect her. And she was in stasis with them, so she's mm-hmm. part of the crew. But mm-hmm. maybe it's the thing where you know it's the thing where you don't suspect the little person. Yeah. But maybe she could be more dangerous than all of them, and that's why she has no file, because people don't want her skills known, or I don't know. So it's it's a mystery. And uh, the other question I had was, because we were talking about it earlier with the interrogation scene, you know, has the android sabotaged the ship, or was she programmed to? And how much awareness does the android have beyond her subroutines? Does she have artificial intelligence where she'd do it on her own, or just is she a product of whoever programs or deprograms her? The more I've seen, the more I'm thinking that Stephanie's theory that Five built the android might be right. Oh, I haven't thought of that. That's cool. Hmm. Got like an Anakin C-3PO thing going on. Yeah, yeah, that's, that was my thought. <laughs> well, if that's the case, I'm really happy Five picked such a cute model. For the Android. But it was funny. Uh, Anthony Lemke, he tweeted during the episode, can't we just buy another Android at Costco? <laughs> well, where is the nearest Costco, Anthony Lemke? Yeah, that's what somebody wrote back. They're like, I think that Costco is pretty far away. <laughs> Any other questions? Not really a question, but something that just is kind of, I'm like, why is it in the script? Uh, is one seems to be kissing everybody. And I'm like, where does that come from? I mean, it's like, you know, he kisses the girl at the end of last week's episode. And I'm like, are we ever going to see this chick again? Why did they put that in there? It seemed just a little bit of hokey, oh, save the girl kind of writing. And then he kisses one. And I'm like, that's really a way to complicate things. He kisses himself? One kisses, yeah, one kisses two. <laughs> and then I'm like, that's really not, I mean, He's that's just going to complicate. in the mirror, Chris. Yeah, that's just going to complicate <laughs> okay. things. And I don't know if two would reciprocate it necessarily. So I'm, I'm like, Juan, what are you doing? Why does he always have to kiss people? Because just no, no chemistry there. And we had wondered before if perhaps one and two had been dating before their uh-huh. memory wipe. But with this reveal of potentially the real Jace Corso, yeah. what does that mean? Does, did one actually even have any relationships with these people prior to the memory wipe? Mm-hmm. Or was he just put off on the ship to fool people for some reason i don't know i don't Mm. know but i I do find this reveal of one of the supposed crew members being off the ship very intriguing there's a there's a lot of places they can go with this yeah but 
one just seems awkward with people in personal relationships and he's, you know, a bit naive, too, too naive. So to the point where it's, and too optimistic to the point where it's, um, you know, it's not pragmatic and it's just a little, it's like, he's the opposite of three in terms of what he wants to do and what his viewpoint is. So. But as far as the kissing, Annie, I, I think they're like captain Kirking him. I, which is what you know he from makes Urshel, out with all the ladies. I know, Star Trek. but I just I don't see the chemistry between him and any of the ladies he's kissed. So it just see, it felt awkward to me, <laughs> especially when he's kissing his crewmate. And I'm all eh, really. I don't know what to tell you, Annie. I don't know. I didn't write it. He'd better lay hands off the android though. He kisses the android, that'll be really bad. So we'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Send us your feedback to darkmatter at askgenretv.com. Leave a message on our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Or you can record a voice memo with your smartphone and email it to us. We're on Twitter and Tumblr as darkmatterpod. And we always buy our androids in bulk because we're dangerous. Thanks for listening. <laughs>